Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for another episode on 24, the TV series, as we are into episode 4 of season 3. 5 p.m. is the ending hour. 4 p.m. is where it begins. 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, first aired on November 18, 2003. Directed by Ian Toynton. Directed by... No, other way around, Ben. Gee, I'm doing well today. I've apparently got dyslexia. Uh, written by Stephen Cronish. Directed by Ian Toynton. And this is an episode of 24. I'm looking forward to talking about it, as always. Uh, my name is Ben, and hello. I'm looking for Tony Almeida's wife. And my name is Colin, and I think we should be really sensitive about Tony being shot in the neck. <laughs> oh God! Did you know that? Did you know that Tony got shot in the neck this week? Uh, it's repeated. I heard talk of that. Yeah, <laughs> which you know um, we'll talk about. Obviously, that's why we're here. But um, look, I'm still loving this season, and. This season, I think, was going a certain path for me, but then all of a sudden the ending happens. I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. Um, and then all of a sudden this episode just gets awesome. So um, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm just on a, I'm on a bit of a, um, a continuity factor here where I'm, I'm on the vibe of season three and it's kind of just, you know, it's, it's like the Colin factor. It's like it's kind of not really that interesting, but because you just like it so much, you kind of just want to keep going there. So, like, you know, like, oh... He's kind of boring. He goes for the Leafs. <laughs> He's got kids. He lives in Winnipeg. But you just want to keep talking to him. So, yeah. Yeah, Colin. Woo. Yeah. So, it's like, yeah, season Col- three. <laughs> Colin, the uh, the season three, episode four of Real Life. <laughs> <laughs> Please put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of agree with it. I mean, there's... There's moments that you start to get excited in this episode. There's moments that I remember originally watching it being like, oh, this is going to go places. Um, there's some stuff that it's going to do and places going to go coming up that I'll definitely complain about. But uh, but I don't know. The last 10 minutes is pretty solid. <laughs> the rest of it is a lot of stalling. I guess this is a, a, a stalling hour of 24. But I think I find the stalling stuff, again, it's it's entertaining to a level where you don't get sick of it. Like it's not season two stalling and like, it's still you know, like the Palmer drama. Like, again, we get a great Wendy Crewson scene in this well, couple of great Wendy Crewson scenes actually in this episode. Um, the, the 24, uh, the 24 stuff, the CTU stuff is sort of, again, batshit crazy soap opera, but it's still entertaining. Um, the one Gael scene is kind of like, okay, yep, this is uh, pretty good. And then you've got Kyle. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be 24 if you didn't have to kidnap some random 
girl with blonde hair. Like it just it's just a trope. <laughs> Here it is, everyone. Uh, you thought <laughs> you got four episodes in and no girl with blonde hair has been kidnapped. Oh wait, spoiler alert. Here it is again. It's gonna happen again. <laughs> But I mean, I don't know. There's just something about this episode still that, like, I just, I just don't dislike. Even the the twenty four's got a twenty four stuff, and like, you've got to pad stuff out with plot development, which is generally how TV shows work, Ben. But hey, it's you know, it's it's. I like it. I like it. All right, shut I up. like it. Uh, I, I'll agree with you that uh, there's nothing here that you can hate. Uh, I don't know if there's a lot here to love in this episode. Um, like stalling, you know, sometimes it could work. Sometimes it builds suspense here. It's like, all right, Tony got shot in the neck. Now let's just remind people Tony got shot in the neck. Um, <laughs> David doesn't know whether he should give in to bribery. David doesn't uh, know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Michelle is just constantly told to leave in the biggest crisis they've ever faced since a nuclear bomb, I guess. Uh, nobody wants her there. <laughs> there's there's a, a lot of like the same thing being done over and over again in this episode that I'm surprised I didn't get annoyed with or bored with by the end of the episode. So I think that's the biggest credit is that somehow they managed to do 45 minutes of an episode on the same thing over and over again and not have it get boring. And and the, the thing to me is that that's purely down to the Jack storyline because like I, th- I think the other storylines, we famous last words, but I honestly think we can get through each of them quickly until we get to the Jack stuff because nothing overly amazing happens in them. But like the stuff with the Jack thing, like even when we get to what happens with Jack, it's so absurd, it's so ridiculous. Palmer just contradicts himself with everything in this episode. But this is what you watch Twenty Four for. It's like crazy Jack Bauer shit, which really is just dumb and makes no sense. Like, I mean, this is episode one of season two, where it's just like he's going to kill a witness and chop his head off, and two hours later, it's all fine, swept under the rug. Jack gets old Jack, you little scallywag, you. Um, And he's going to get away with it. Like, this is the, the beauty of 24. Jack does shit, which is completely wrong, but we love it as an audience because it's going to be Jack versus the world. And I think, like, is this the first time we ever get a... This will be my last mission, sir. Like, we're going to get about 50 more of these in the next few seasons. Don't worry, Jack fans. Like, this will be it. I will, I will, you know, I'll be a fugitive on the run. And, you know, you'll have to find me. And, like, don't worry. Jack will be forgiven in about four hours after this. And he'll just say that again four more times by the end of the day. So, but that's what sells this episode. It's the Jack. It's the Jackness. This is just a classic Jack episode by the end of this episode. Does it sell the episode enough that the Australian preview for this was, this will definitely be Jack Bauer's <laughs> final mission. <laughs> Absolutely. That's all Channel 7, typical Channel 7 promotion. I'm not hired by them anymore. I can say that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I, but this is, this will be reflected in my rating because Jack saves this episode from what it would have been otherwise. Um, all right. Pick a number between one and four. Uh Four. All right, let's talk about the Palmer drama first. Um, so, <laughs> first of all, the debate, apparently, like, we haven't... Did we even get a start time for the debate? Did the writers all of a sudden go, yeah, let's start the debate next hour? Because I swear at, like, one point, you just get to... But, Wayne, the debate starts in half an hour. It's like, what? Really? That's quick? <laughs> They're just prepping for this? There's no one here. Like, you get this shot of Wayne and Wendy Cruson at the end sitting in an auditorium, like, ten minutes before the the um, debate starts. No one's there. Um, and I was thinking like, I was thinking like, oh, 5, 5 p.m. start for a debate. That's weird. But obviously this would be 8 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, that's clever writing by 24 writers there. I like that, that they do that. Um, 
But basically, this is all coming down to all the bribe. The bribe is happening, which, again, contradictory moment for David Palmer, number one. I don't negotiate with terrorists, but I will bribe people. Um, Like, (laughs) I negotiate with people who are bribing me. (laughs) Like, it's okay. Good on you, David. Um, Selfish. Selfish Palmer. Like, thinking about himself, (laughs) but millions of people in America can die, but as long as he gets re-elected, it's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. But I guess typical politician. Um, so it basically all comes down to Wayne's like, we've got the money or I'm not happy with this, but we're going to do this. And Wayne's like, Oh, this is, you know, going to be good for us. And like, in all fairness, Wayne's kind of right. Um, and then we get a scene between Wendy Crewson and Wayne, which makes no sense. Like Wayne's just walking down the corridor with a suspicious looking briefcase and I love old Wendy Cruz. I'm just calling her Wendy Cruz. That's her name. Um, <laughs> just basically, she's just like, where are you going, Wayne? Oh, nowhere, Wendy Crewson. I've just got government business. <laughs> Has it got to do with my ex-husband? As I said, it's government business. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Wendy Crewson, but you are a doctor on staff of the president. You're also fucking him, sure. but like, With a conflict of interest. What business is it you to go to the president's chief advisor who's walking around in a city? Like, literally, Wayne, he's again, hashtag Wayne, he's right. Wayne doesn't need to explain anything to you, like... He's the president's advisor. What if he was going to, like, negotiate with the Middle East for a peace deal? Like, you're just stopping him for, like, some little thing about, like, oh, yes, is it about my ex-husband? Like, it's just, I get it, 24's got a 24. You've got to add some drama. But, again, the sense of urgency sometimes, you like, you're like, okay, there's a bioterrorist threat, which, again, fair enough, it's probably not super urgent, considering that the <laughs> evidence is lacking, and I'll get to sort of why they fuck up with the negotiations in this episode. But it's just kind of like, okay, let's stop for and drama. Sure. Um, Then, so Wayne goes to uh, pay off this ex-husband. Then uh, Anne and Palmer have a chat and she's all like, David, no, you can't bribe. And he's like, yes, I can, Anne. I'm going to do this to save. You don't want to deal with this pressure. It's a lot of pressure. But you know how good I am at sucking your penis. You're right, Anne. I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't want to lose that. Wayne, don't bribe him. Like <laughs> Palmer is so easily influenced. He's such a pushover. Like oh, it's yeah. something I don't think I've really noticed properly until like now. Like he just. He's like I'm Huggy Bear. I'm gonna stand up for everything. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's literally Zoolander from you know like male models always do what they're told. That is not true. Yes, it is, Derek. Okay. <laughs> Like, everyone's David Duchovny to Derek Zoolander all of a sudden. Um, so there's a, I kind of like the scene, though, when, like, David calls up Wayne and is like, don't give him the money. And then you've got the car driving off and the look he gives the ex-husband. Like, seriously? Uh, Wendy Crewson, that's your ex-husband? You fucked Tim Allen. You fucked Dennis Hayes. <laughs> you, you fucked Harrison Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ford, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And that's the guy you go after? Like, you geez, left out a- Mr. Mr. Dreamy from Spider-Man 2. Never leave him oh, out. Absolutely. God, I what mean, a come dish. on. You, <laughs> telling you now, I can see why he's your ex-husband. You woke up. Uh, <laughs> mind you, that guy, though, he, he got lucky as well, so good for him. Um, and then we get a cool little scene in the auditorium where, you know, Wayne's just basically like, I don't like you. He doesn't like you either. <laughs> We're wanted on five systems. <laughs> <laughs> to which Wendy Crewson is like, I don't scare easily. <laughs> which, like, yeah, badass Wendy Crewson. So, yeah, it's very meh Palmer drama, let's be honest. But um, we get some good Wendy Crewson in this episode. And are we meant to, are they trying to sell us like Wendy Crewson might be evil? Like the way that she's kind of like going around, like, mm. but 
it just doesn't come across that way because A, it's Wendy Crewson. Everyone loves her. <laughs> She's so goddamn nice. And B, eh, I guess we know how it works out. So hashtag Wendy Crewson, not evil. Well, this is one of the things that I can remember seeing it the first time and assuming she was evil. And it may have less to do with how they portrayed her or how the storyline plays out or even her her performance than it has to do with your expectations after two seasons. You know, uh, if there's Palmer drama, somebody's going to, you know, end up taking the fall. For the, somebody's going to be miked by the end of this episode or the season. Uh, but so, yeah, I bought into it in 2003, at least. Um <laughs> The, the 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 two things that I do like here is one the hypocrisy of David Palmer uh, or just the power of Wendy Crewson because he's talking about you know uh, oh yes we must give in to his demands this is my woman my woman my uh, woman <laughs> but yet season one your children's lives are about to be destroyed no we will not we will That's not cover this up <laughs> uh, yeah great father David <laughs> good job or just. Great woman, Wendy Crewson. I mean, it's I one or the Keith other. To just walk in and be like, Dad, go watch the truth, <laughs> <Come> son. <on. laughs> uh, but the other thing, I'm glad you pointed out because uh, as as tedious as this storyline kind of becomes throughout the episode, that one moment where you have um, uh, Wayne in the car and uh, Mr. Not Tim Allen, not Arnold Schwarzenegger, not Harrison Ford, uh, <laughs> waiting for him, the suspense of it's like, no, Wayne, walk away. And he's like, okay. And he backs up and he just sits there looking. You're like, oh, he's going to do it. He's going to go against David's orders. Like, I'm still buying it. Even yeah. now on a rewatch, you know, 20, almost 20 years later, uh, handled really suspensefully. And I kind of wish that some of the other suspense in the storyline had been handled the same. Like, oh, what are they going to do? Because I, I don't know. I don't know whether it was a writing thing or the, the way the show was edited, but like, I never bought this dilemma. And maybe that's one situation where it's like, I don't remember my original reaction. So knowing how the storyline plays out, the will David or won't he, you know, give into the demands. Uh, it, it never quite works, I think, as well as they wanted to in this episode. And it wasn't as suspenseful as they want to be. But uh, but yeah, the, the, saved by Wayne. And we're talking about, you know, Jack saves this episode. I'm going to say Wayne saves this storyline this week. Well, DB Woodside versus Wendy Crewson. It's always a, it's a good thing to see. But like, I think a lot of what this season maybe suffers from not, you know, being as loved as it should be, is that it follows on from season two. And I think people kind of have the, oh, season two is epic. It was nuclear bomb, like huge high stakes. And now we're just literally having, you know, oh, will the president bribe another person to stay quiet? And, oh, there might be a virus going out. Like it's calmed down a lot. So like, again, I think we talked about this, that maybe if this season had followed season one, like it wouldn't have been, and this season isn't hated. It's just, I think, forgotten about. Um, So like, it's kind of, it does feel like a bit flat in terms of, you know, oh, we just had them going after a nuclear bomb. You know, they went full nuke last season, but this is where I'm a fan of this sort of stuff and it kind of it works for me so much better. So maybe swap two and three around and maybe you've got a different perception of how things go with that. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I like the tension, the tension, the sexual tension between D.B. Woodside and Wendy Crewson because, yes. Oh, um, they've, they've really ramped it up between the sexual tension of Mike and David last season. Oh, Jesus. That's that's an OnlyFans we all want to see. Uh, pick a number between one and three. <laughs> Two. That's right. We are going with number three. Let's get Kyle over and done with. Um, <laughs> I'm shocked you didn't make that correction when I picked four. <laughs> I just wanted to get the palms up over and done because I thought that was, you know, literally Kyle calls up, what's the name, not Kim, um, gets picked up. <laughs> I love her on the phone. What is her name? 
Sharon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, what is her name? Is, it, like, she's, is she Linda? She's Linda. Right? Linda? Okay. Of course she's Linda. Um, <laughs> hashtag not Kim. Um, like, <laughs> hey, no, pick me up on this entrance. Why? They seem to be doing a street blockage. Just, just do it. Um, then they're in the car. We cut to them 10 minutes later before Linda is like, so what's going on? Like, again, I get why they do this in TV shows because, like, you know, it's got to be dramatic. But, like, logically, if you work it out, and again, on a real-time show like 24, he gets picked up and you see the timestamp 10 minutes later. Have they been sitting in the car? Like, he's rushing. Quick, move over. I'm going to drive. Okay. You want to put some music or something? Like... (laughs) Oh, I like this song. Yeah, yeah. It's a new Nickelback song. And then driving along 10 minutes later. What's going on, Kyle? Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, hold on. <laughs> Lincoln Park. Yeah. You're going to wait another three minutes. Oh, they're opening a new McDonald's on this street. Oh, that's, that's convenient. <laughs> oh, a new Macy's. Oh, we should, we should go there next weekend. Um, so she's all like, ah, oh, what's going on? He's like, oh, I think I might have some sort of virus. It's like inside me. And I like, I'm team Linda here. Like, She's fucked yeah. this guy, like, how many hours ago? So, like, when he says inside me, well, he was inside her, like, how many hours ago? <laughs> and this is the type of guy that doesn't wear a condom. I'm telling you now. Like, just look at that guy. <laughs> um, oh, it's all right. I'll pull out. Um, like, so him. And then, of course, she's all like, pull the car over. Again, hashtag Team Linda. Yeah, you go, Linda. You run away. <laughs> like, get away from this guy. Um, so she's all like, oh, no. Like, I really hope you don't get sick or anything. But, like, take the car. The money's under the sea. Bye. Uh, and then they get kidnapped, and we see them, like, in a giant cube thing. That's it. That's Kyle. <laughs> um, can I also just point out one thing with this storyline? Is not only is this storyline shit, and I get, like, watching this for the first time that you're kind of like, ooh, what's going on? But can we just bookmark this to go that this story is literally pointless? At the end of the day, this story has got nothing to do with the virus. <laughs> so, yeah, it's spoiler a alert, it's a decoy, which I get it for the audience as well. But we hate, well, I hate this storyline. I think you hate this storyline too. And the fact that I hate it so much is because, again, it is pointless. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. Like it's, oh, we're going to put a decoy, which makes me more mad. More. Roger more mad. <laughs> um, the one thing I want to slightly praise is Riley Smith, who plays Kyle. He's not a bad actor. Like, he's actually really good when he's, like, yelling at Linda. And Agnes Bruckner, who plays Linda. Like, when they're yelling at each other, they're fighting and kidnapped. Actually, the thing I noticed is, but, like, they're good actors. So... Not going off at I'm choking on him. Riley or Agnes, great acting. Your characters suck. That's all I'm saying. So props to their acting abilities, and I hope that Riley Smith went on to play a bunch of other douchey blonde-haired people called Kyle in future shows who play volleyball and don't wear condoms. But, you know, other than that, shit storyline, bored. Yeah, uh, well, first of all, I, I loved his urgency. I was like, no, you need to pick me up at this door. I can't get to the other one. No, we don't have time. We don't have time. And then he's like, move over. And she's like, what? Move over, move over. It's like, you could have gotten in the passenger side and been out of the parking lot by now. You probably wouldn't have been kidnapped at the end of the episode if you didn't insist to drive. Because women can't drive. Not only does yeah, this guy not use a condom, he doesn't like women driving either. Like, what a douche. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, I didn't even, there's another part in this episode where I'm like, well, things are progressing pretty quickly that I didn't even stop to think about how slow the progression is of this. Kyle, what's the matter? Later. <laughs> Very good point on that. Um, I'm glad you pointed out the acting here because I mean, I, I, coming into this season, I would have struggled to find anything good to say about Kyle Singer. But uh, this one scene where they get out of the car, 
Uh, it sold me on at least the performance from, yeah. from Riley here. Uh, and it, it's just the fear that he has because it's the first time we've really seen him not just be like, Oh, a guy just got shot in the face. Like <laughs> it's like, no, 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 I'm carrying a virus. I might die. And then how easily he's, of course he wants Linda to help him. Uh, but, uh, the fact that when she's like, I'm scared, he's like, okay, okay, you're right. Just leave, just leave. Like suddenly he, it comes to his senses there. Uh, but there is some pretty <laughs> kind of unintentionally funny dialogue in this scene where, uh, you know, uh, I thought it was carrying drugs, but apparently it's a disease and it's inside my body. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so I, you, I don't think you've what seen it. What were you doing I mean, in Mexico? I, what was his name? Was it Tom well, have Cruise? you ever, uh, have you heard about the, uh, I guess, now it's not so subtle. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, the gay Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. The gay Nightmare on Elm Street. That, it's actually <laughs> known as that, that so one. <laughs> Rossi and I, Rossi and I covered Rocky and I covered it last year, I think, or the year before. Uh, so Nightmare on Elm Street 2 has a lot of like, that's a little bit homoerotic. Was that intentional? And uh, so top in the years... Well, exactly. Yeah. And it, just like Top Gun in the years since, the screenwriter has admitted that was all intentional. It, things that people didn't expect. And one of the most famous scenes in the movie is where the lead character, who basically has Freddy Krueger growing inside of him, uh, goes to his Whoa. best friend's house. And they is- didn't think that was a big guy. <laughs> There's I mean, a 1985. Man inside of me. Oh, oh no, no, not well, gay. It's the 80s. The dialogue, the dialogue makes it even more obvious because he ditches his girlfriend who's trying to have sex with him, goes to his best friend's house, breaks into his room in the middle of the night, sleeping in his underwear, and basically says, something is in, trying to get inside my body. And his friend's like, and you want to sleep with me? Like, that's the dialogue in the movie. It, it, that, that line just reminded me, it's like, something is growing inside of my body. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, Kyle. <laughs> wow. Now I know why Linda's, not, why Linda's complaining up. We really weren't we really weren't prepared, were we, in the eighties for things that happened in that decade, were we? If that's our innocence to like think like, oh like, oh no, men play volleyball, you know, shirtless in the speedos, yeah. rubbing each other's bodies and oh no, people just <laughs> jump in there at all. Yep, absolutely. No wonder AIDS spread so quickly. People were just so innocent to things in the eighties. Like, oh. oh, the media basically put the idea in everybody's heads. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like it, it was free range. It was kind of like, yeah, the 80s. Cool. Great. Awesome. As time, get some AIDS. Awesome. It's fine. This is all good. Be gay. Whatever. The 80s. Woo. Like, Woo. The 1990 hits. Oh, shit. AIDS is bad. Oh, get on to that. Oh, shit. Oh, we're a decade behind. Uh, if only I hadn't watched Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Damn it. Damn it. The gay nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> it's actually known as that. Um, but, we uh, refer to Top but, Gun as the gay Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> we can't call it the gay Tom Cruise movie. We know that. <laughs> well, there's too many of them. Oh, jeez. We had to keep uh, up. <laughs> by the way, I am so excited that there is a volleyball scene in the new Top Gun movie that we can see in the trailers. Oh. <laughs> you can't not have it. Bet you Jamie's even more excited than that one. I just realized one thing. I'm so glad Freddy Got Fingered wasn't released in the 80s. Everybody thought it would be like a childhood comedy. Like, oh, Freddy Got Fingered. That's fun for the whole family. That 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 was the original subtitle of The Gay Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, but they, they thought it's too obvious now. Actually, the original title for Top Gun was uh, Anthony Edwards Got Fingered. So um, that, that <laughs> didn't quite meet the senses. Uh, but yeah, I mean, aside from the performance, I mean, I, I, I will say... I like 
the fact that it's not just they get kidnapped at the end. Um, you see them in the, the the back of a van, like they throw them into that isolation chamber with like the the clear dome on the front, and then they're hosing down the guards. Like uh, again, this is all a decoy, but uh, it's a good decoy because uh, the lengths they went through to sell this story, uh, this decoy, is admirable. Yeah, I mean. Look, I just don't like this storyline and it's just, it's kind of frustrating. But like, I, again, I remember watching this live and, um, you know, it, and because there's even more of a MacGuffin for this whole storyline, which again, when we get to the reveal of it, I feel we really need to analyze and go, this makes no sense. Um, but like, it's kind of cool the way they do it. So, um, yeah, anyway, uh, pick a number between one and two. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with two. That is correct. We are going to do number one. Um, Hector Salazar. <laughs> Literally one Next time scene. to say pick a number between one and one or three and four. The joke doesn't get old, Colin. Leave my comedy alone. Um, I own a fedora now, as you can see behind me. You've seen the picture of it. Worn that out in public in New York. I got commented on it by a guy in Harlem. So um, shut up, Noah. Um so, I mean, literally, it's one scene. Um, Gael and Hector, they have a phone call. He's like, why? Uh, uh, they Have they not find, found Kyle yet? And Gael's like, let me do my job. I'm angry. I'm Hector. <laughs> um, to which he then finds little Jimmy, whatever this kid is, with a, he's played with a gun. So he's all like, would you like to shoot it? So he shoots it. Then in comes Claudia, all seductive-like with a gun. It's like, go and shoot me right here. And that's about it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's like, I gotta say, I kind of want to see more of this. Like, it's just kind of this over the topness, which is cool. And these guys are great actors, and it's like, oh, little kids with guns, and sure. Um, but I mean, we will see more of them, obviously, in a few more episodes' time. But uh, for one scene, it's pretty cool. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's there. You kind of forget it's in this episode, don't you? But it's there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, two things that uh, in such a small scene and uh, such a small storyline in an episode that I'm impressed with is uh, the characters that I guess I slept on uh, when the Ooh. show originally aired. And part part of it, I think, is because of how good Joaquin de la Meda is. You almost don't notice the people surrounding him and how good they are. But like uh, both uh, the the Vincent Loresca and then uh, what's her name? The place Claudia. Uh, Vanessa they're really. Felito. Berlito, yes, uh, uh, Miss Maid of Honor for Mary Jane or whatever. But uh, both of them are like really good in this scene. Uh, and I mean, the scene, it's, it's, it doesn't belong in you know this episode. Uh, I, I think it probably would have served better in the episode where you gave them more to do and you could build up to this. But just reinforcing what a bad guy Hector is uh, and a bad influence and also just showing like the, you know, the, the differences between these type of villains and the villains that we've had in previous seasons, which are all about, you know, just destruction and everything. Like these are just terrible people. I mean, the, the virus is almost secondary to the fact that this guy's a scummy drug Lord or whatever. Uh, and then Claudia, like you really actually kind of, not only do you feel for the position that she's in because we've seen all the drama with her father and now with the little brother and all that, but uh, the, the fact that she stands up to him, like, mm. I don't know if I didn't remember that or if it, it, it didn't stick with me as well, 
but it adds like something to the character that you didn't expect because you fully expect in the scene, especially after seeing everything with the father, like she's gonna be like, no, 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 please don't Hector, please don't Hector. Uh, uh, here, get undressed, you know. Boobies, look at my boobies. Play with me instead. <laughs> but but the fact that she stands up to him and everything, I'm like, wow, wow, like this is a better character than I think I ever gave her credit for. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Um, and it's I, one thing I also like just the, the scenes I intersect with Gael is. Whenever you kind of see him, like it's more of a CTU thing, but like they're around the table and they kind of cut to Gael and you've got that like weird music cue that they play. It's kind of like a breath and like, like it's kind of like, oh, there's he's on screen. here, like a, it's like, what is it good for? But it's just, I don't know, pay attention to that next time. Like it's just kind of like it's a subtle reminder to the, not really subtle. It's like, oh, this guy's evil. You might as well play like a big, but yeah, like, kill, 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 kill. <laughs> this guy is evil. This guy is evil. This guy is evil. His name is Gael. Gael is evil. Gael is evil. Gael is evil. Um, subtlety of audience. The intelligence of audiences in 2004 was pretty dumb. 2003, they're just like, what is evil, really? Um, one thing, actually, before I move on to we get the CTU stuff over and done with, I just wanted to mention about Kyle Riley Smith. So um, I'm looking him up here. Um, just to sell this guy and the roles he plays. First of all, we should point out his name is Riley Smith. I mean, seriously, <laughs> look up generic white dude from America in the dictionary, you'll get a Riley Smith. And even on Wikipedia, you have for the American baseball player, see Riley Smith. For the American football player, see Riley Smith. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Canadian ice hockey player, Riley Smith. Um, so these are the roles he has played in movies. He's played characters called Michael, Christopher, Tim. Randy, Matt, Jake, <laughs> Johnny Clay, Jim, <gasps> Riley. That's original. Jason. Oh, um, <laughs> I know that must have come along. In, in TV, he's played roles. Tyler, Todd, Dave, Josh, Pace. He played a person called Pace. Seriously? <laughs> you just look at this guy. He's called Pace. Um, Dakota, Eric, Tanner, Tanner, um, <laughs> Andy, Shane, um, Jesus, get some range, Riley Smith. But I shouldn't, I shouldn't bag him out. I'm not trying to bag him out. He's a, he's a good dude. Looks like a nice guy. But um, he's a winner of the prestigious Cammy Award in 2005, to which he won it for uh, radio. And the Cammy Awards are awarded for outstanding, uplifting films emphasizing character and morality. Seriously, that is an award. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the awards that we praise people for having outstanding, uplifting films emphasizing character and morality, the Cammy Awards. Um, <laughs> yep. Okay. You do you, Cammy Awards. You do you. Um, pick a number between one and one. No, two and two. That's right. Where are we up to? Yeah. Two. Somebody's losing track. Uh, I'll heard go win. With... <laughs> oh. <laughs> number two. Um, number two. Um, CTU stuff, basically, <laughs> Tony got shot, if you didn't know. <laughs> in the neck. <laughs> shot him in the neck. Okay, I just want to point out one thing. First of all, that guard last week was a terrible shot if he hit Tony in the neck. He was point blank and he shot him in the <laughs> neck and still he survived. Um, the, he got shot at the end of the episode. He was bleeding to death. Jack finally got to him, right? This is like barely 30 seconds before the hour. Two minutes into this episode, he's already tied to a gurney and transported to an ambulance. Six minutes into this episode, they're about to do surgery. Now, 
Kyle yep. and Linda, 10 minutes of silence listening to Nickelback <laughs> and Blink-182. Yet in the surgery world, he has been trans... I'm so glad they've got a hospital in this mall. Like, I mean, it's so convenient. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it last season that Kim and they diagnosed Megan with like, you know, oh my God, she's having a seizure. That must mean she's got the following conditions. But like, I yep. love this like doctor. Hello, can I speak to Tony Almeida's wife, please? Speaking... Yes, he needs to go into surgery. We need your consent. You have it. Okay. Um, and then my fa- probably my favourite part of the episode, 20 minutes later, 20 <laughs> minutes later, Michelle's gone, oh, fuck. Hello, nurse's station, surgery. Yes, he's allergic to penicillin. It's like, oh, shit, we were wondering why I was having a seizure and dying. Could have told us that 20 minutes ago. Husband's dead, lol. But then the nurse is like, that's okay. We found his allergies card in his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> I just want Michelle to just be like, oh, I'm so glad he remembered to put that in his wallet today. Finally, of all days. Oh, my luck changing. Um, like, I just, I wanted to emphasize this bit before we talk about other CTU stuff. Six minutes. He's from <laughs> dying in a mall to surgery. And 20 minutes later, like, don't they give you penicillin when they knock you out? Like, I mean, Tony should, like, very lucky they looked in his wallet. Well, the doctor's trying to steal stuff. Like, oh, now that he's knocked out, let's have a Oh, he's got a 50. Oh, what's this? Allergic to penicillin. Shit, cancel machine number two. <laughs> the nurses were robbing him. Um, but I don't know, like, six minutes? Seriously, how quick is surgery going to take? We should be timing this. Yeah, well, and the, the fact is, the very first shot is Tony being wheeled away in the stretcher. So within two minutes, we go from Tony is down, Jack is covering his wound, to paramedics are dispatched, paramedics arrive, <laughs> paramedics stop the bleeding, paramedics load him onto a stretcher, paramedics give him penicillin, <laughs> then they decide, no, let's not give him penicillin, paramedics wheel him away. That's Robbed two his wallet. minutes. Robbed uh, his wallet. Uh, and took his wallet, yeah. <laughs> they took his wallet. I think that guy took it, his wallet. He took his wallet. <laughs> uh, what's even more impressive, like you said, is that like six minutes later, we have the guy in the hospital who's already diagnosed him and is calling for permission to do surgery. But my favorite part you missed, which is that he's, he's calling her six minutes after her husband was shot. All right, so I'll come look for you in the waiting room. Yeah. Well, I'm not there. <laughs> Even if I didn't have the most important job in the country today, how would I be there in six minutes, doctor? Like, you called me at my office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> then she says you could reach me on this number, the office line of seat. Like, it's not like you called her mobile number. Like, I mean, maybe you did, yeah. but like, it's like literally if you call someone's cell, you're going to assume they're going to pick up. Like, if I call Colin's cell and Jamie answers, I'm going to be like a bit thrown off. I'm like, oh, it's, it's not Colin. But like, if you call a landline or the office number, when you ask, hello, I'm looking for Tony Almeida's wife. Like, I just want her to reply, well, isn't everyone? <laughs> I'm a pretty hot commodity. <laughs> uh, not the time to joke, Michelle. Tony got shot in the neck. <laughs> well, I, I know we're not there yet either, but like just the phone conversation of this, I just want to say it now before I forget. Uh, when Jack eventually calls Kim, Kim's like, you know, CTU, Kim or whatever. And he's like, hello, this is your father. Yeah. I'm like, has your dad ever called you and had to introduce himself? <laughs> Well, if you knew my dad, it uh, depends on the time of the day. <laughs> Hello, Ben. This is your father. I'm like, yes, dad. 
but yeah, I mean the CTU stuff, it's it's so dumb, it's fun because uh then so it's just dumb everybody dumb it's dumb and fun. Uh but uh it, it's just everybody is like, you better go, you better you don't have to stay here. Like, I'm sorry, nobody else had this luxury last year. George Mason was dying last year, was expected to do the job. And how is it that the the, the person, this entire place will fall apart? They, they do the math later on about, uh, oh, it will take four people to replace, you know, just Adam and Chloe if they pick up these extra text, tasks or whatever. And they're all encouraging. I understand why Gael's encouraging her to leave, okay? But Jack, Jack, who's like our only option is we have to break Ramon Salazar prison later. Spoiler, sorry, we're not there yet. Uh, what? That is the only option to save the country. But Michelle, you know what? If you got to go sit in a waiting room and get updates that you could easily get over the phone, just go sit in that waiting room. Like, no, this would never happen. I just, I love, I love the beginning of this. How like, first of all, you've got the tension of like Adam on the phone. It's basically like, someone's down. It's either Jack or Tony. And then just the way like you see Michelle and Kim look at each other like, oh, who will it be? And then I just I, want that, that meme where it's the, the, the guy with the red button, Jack or Tony yeah. sweating. Oh, <laughs> but isn't it like a bit misleading to when Adam's on the phone and he goes, it's Jack. And you're like, what? And then he hands the phone to Michelle. Like, I want Michelle to be like, oh, thank God. <laughs> it's either Jack like or Tony. It. It's Jack. Duh, he wants to talk to you. <laughs> like, oh, oh, fuck. But then I, like, I love Jack, who's just like, you know, Michelle, this is what happened. You need to make a decision right now. <laughs> I just want to be like, Michelle, this is Kim's father. <laughs> <laughs> Your husband's shot. Sucker, I've got his job now. You've got to be here. But like, just like the way he literally is just like, you've got to make a decision. Either be in the waiting room with Tony or do your job. <laughs> like, it's like, Jesus, Jack. Um, like the heroine. Can we just remember Jack's apparently addicted to heroin. Got forgot about this week. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I, I saw um, him sweating once. <laughs> but I just, I just love the tension of it. But then what else happens in CTU? So Michelle has a moment. Um, Chloe's a dick. What does Chloe say? Like, oh, like, Michelle, we need to do these blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, now's not the time. What are you talking about? Now is the time. <laughs> like, sassy, bitchy Chloe. And then when she's like, I'm only just asking the question. That's all you needed to say. Like, I'd, I'd love to know what the pur- the purpose of like <laughs> like are they deliberately going out of their way to make Chloe so unlikable, and then like they turn her into this most beloved character. Like it's just it's so strange. We talk about how like they run out of ideas for Tony's character later on. Even Wayne, like it's just kind of like what do they do with the character? Like it's kind of the complete opposite with Chloe. Like maybe they just got her. I'm assuming the fans absolutely loved her from the beginning, so therefore they're like, oh, let's keep this girl around. Like she's great, but like she is so on the nose where it's like, I want to kind of be like, oh no, but it's Chloe. We love her. I kind of like this early sassy, but just the way she just, oh, that's, oh, it's like, I know people like this. And it's just like, oh my <laughs> God, you are the worst. Like, I mean, Noah's like this. Let's be honest. Let's, let's reveal <laughs> behind the scenes information from all our shows. Noah's this guy. But like, just the way she does it, but like, it's kind of then funny when later on, when she's just kind of like, oh, hey, Michelle, I just wanted to let you know that I'm sorry that I was insensitive before because I didn't know Tony had been shot in the neck. So, like, I totally am cool with people. I want you to know, but I'm so sorry that Tony got shot in the neck. So I'll be like, okay, later on next time Tony gets shot in the neck. Uh, Is that okay that I said that Tony got shot in the neck? I'll go back to my desk because Tony's been shot in the neck. Like, I think I I heard there was a lot of blood and his wife can't be there for him. But Tony got shot in the neck. Shot in the neck. Oh, I heard those are bad. (laughs) I knew, like, five guys got shot in the neck. They're all 
dead, probably like your husband. But I totally am fine with people. Like, I totally do consider other people's feelings, just to let you know. Um, it's just, like, it's, I don't know. Marilyn Radzkamp is great. Like, she just like, there's nothing bad you can ever say about her. Again, she's a comedian. She's a funny woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that she plays this role, like, it's, it's really interesting. But um, You know what? Like, yeah. this is going to be... Last season was, are you team Mike or team David? This season is, was it intentional or unintentional with Chloe? I think that's the debate because I'm finding like the exact same problem you're having. Like, you know that this character ends up being like the most popular non-Jack character the show ever had. Nothing changes with her. Like, we're not seeing anything different with her here than we are later on. And yet she went from hated to loved in no time at all. And I actually think that what it might be is it might be the other characters' reactions to her because she's new here and everybody's like, oh, Chloe. Whereas by season four and season five, like the other characters just know this is her. So uh, I think that the audience accepting her comes down to the other characters accepting her, but there is nothing different in her performance. But, But yeah, like, was she trying to be funny in a way? Like, is this Andy Kaufman funny? I'm gonna do something that is so annoying and 10 years from now, people are going to look back on this and laugh. And if nobody laughs, I will be laughing, but everybody's going to hate me. And I'm okay with that because I know it's funny. That's the motto of Ben Waterworth. Um, I think it's, I, I don't <laughs> that's know, a Ben you, fact. I love how you have the power to play that. Like it's just, I don't know. <laughs> on a different show as well. Um, But it's, it's, yeah, I, I like that idea with the characters around them because like you think about like later on, like when you get Edgar into it next season and then uh, what's her, um, What's her boyfriend slash husband's name that comes into it? Oh, the ball Morris. Guy. Morris. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Great Canadian. Um, is he? Of. Oh, good for him. Uh, well, he's, he he's, lives here. <laughs> I think he's from. <laughs> he lives here and works here now. <laughs> I mean, I lived there for a little bit and worked there for a little bit, but you don't call me a great Canadian. Um, but <laughs> that'd be he, great. You can fit uh, one half of that. <laughs> true. True. Uh, he was in Breaking Bad, of course. He was like in like an episode or two of Breaking Bad as well. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, it's it's interesting because I feel they tone her down. I feel like she's not like this bad with the bitchiness. Like, you know, I think they tone that down a level. But I mean, we're not even at the baby yet. Like, it just, it just... Well, that, that's the other thing. Like, when we're looking at future seasons, they didn't feel the need to give her her own personal storylines. And that could be one of the things with season three where like, oh you know, the baby and everything like, but this character works without a storyline. And even when you look at the later seasons, like, yeah, she gets involved more in the action, but the show's never about her. And I think that's what set her apart later on is that we're used to Tony gets his personal story. Michelle gets her personal story. Kim gets her personal story. Chase gets his personal story, David, everybody. And the fact that just after this season, or maybe after, you know, Morris comes in, uh, cause that's probably the last thing. We don't really get anything with Chloe's personal life because we don't need it. She's just, she's enough on her own. Well, I mean, I would argue in season nine, her personal life is pretty prevalent when she becomes an emo in London. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's all on the job though. (laughs) We're we're, we're all, we're all on that path in life to become an emo in London. That's just, uh, that's just what London. Um, What else is there? I have a meeting basically trying to say like, Hey, you know, we need to do this. And Michelle's like, no, get back to work. Um, And, yeah, is that all I'm missing with Michelle? I think that's about it. Oh, Chase and Kim it's have an argument. It's just a lot of weeping. Yeah, Chase and Kim have a... Chase is all like, girl, I'm going to go... Um, which I will say, like, again, I'm I'm all on board with the Chase stuff, but this, this seems so random and out of the blue that it is clearly just being done to get Chase in the Jack storyline to, like... Which I like. Like, I like it what we're going to get when, like, Jack attacks Chase. 
But like, it, it, we should have maybe had it for like a couple of episodes of Chase being like, oh, I need to go um, uh, interrogate Ramon. I need to go do this. Because this just comes out of nowhere. Oh, I'm just going to go down to the prison and interrogate Ramon. And Kim's like, why? Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, plot's got a plot. I mean, I'm going to be there when Jack turns evil, of course. Kim, you should know this. Um, so, like, it does seem very random in the way he's just kind of like, she's like, oh, I need to tell Michelle. I'll call her when I'm in the field. And it's like, Chase, Chase. Um, and also, Michelle moved into Tony's office pretty quickly. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> penicillin. Get this out of the way. I'm going to put my desk here. I'm going to move my little stationery jar there. Photo of me and my dog here. All right, I'm the president of CTU. Woo! Yeah, she, <laughs> she, she she's hangs up with the doctor saying, you're in the waiting room, right? No, 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 I'm kind of busy. And she goes back. All right, so the name is spelled D-E-S-S-L-E-R. I want it on the door within the hour. Yes, I think mauve would be a good colour right there. Uh, maybe we can go with a bit of an off-white cream for the uh, the rest of the office. And that that rug, put it there. Uh, get, get me decor command. Uh, <laughs> um, the other, I guess we can sort of tie it into Jack here because I think uh, I want the Kim Kim and Jack stuff. It's like, yeah, hello, this is your father. <laughs> oh, I thought it was mum. This is your father speaking, Jack Bauer. <laughs> but like... I know how Jack's whole shtick of getting Kim there was so I can keep an eye on her. No, it's not, Jack. It's so that you can get away with more shit at CTU easily. Because like, literally it's just like, Kim, I need you to organise a prison transfer thing. But, Dad, we can't do that. Yes, you can, Kim. I'm your father and I got you the job. I gave you life. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he's just doing it to manipulate his ways because he's just basically like, and no one must never know that you did this. Remember, like, this is the word. This is one thing that bothers me in the episode because they make no effort to have Jack cover his trail here. It's like, I need you to pull this file. I need you to send it. Doesn't say, okay, I need you to send it from a fake email address or something yeah. like that. She would be sending this. She's emailing. It's from kim.bauer at ctu.com or whatever. at ctu.com. <laughs> Swimmer's body at ctu.com. Cougar at ctu.com. Bring it on at ctu.com. Um, <laughs> But, like, also I love the fact that, like, this is the, the, the beloved technology that never gets consistent in 24. It's like, at one point in this episode, Jack has an iPad. Like, he's signing a printer release on an iPad. Like, wow, advanced technology. Let's cycle through these. Uh, but talk about cycling. How slow is the internet at CTU? Oh, yeah, Dad, this form is just cycling. And it's like, what? Is it running a triathlon? Is it going to swim and run as well? Like, what's it doing? Cycling? <laughs> Have you sent it to me yet? Like, I can send you a form right now. Like, I could send a text message back in 2003 pretty quickly. Um, I don't know how attachments work back then, but anyway. But then I love how Jack's like takes this moment basically to be all like, by the way, Kim, I love you. I'm your father. I will always love you. This is what, like (laughs) moment number three of Jack saying goodbye to Kim, like have a drink, everyone. (laughs) um, And it's like, damn it, Kim, where's my file? Uh, So Jack, bit of a dick to Kim, but I kind of like it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the phone conversation, It, I think it's almost meant to tease you because you're, you know, season two, the last time he had a conversation like this, he was about to die. Uh, so it, it's raising the stakes subliminally with the audience uh, without them realizing it. It's like, oh, something, something bad's going to happen here. Uh, but, but yeah, like <laughs> it's just, it's not secure in any way. He told David Palmer, this was a one man mission. Nobody else can be involved. And he's like, Kim, I need your help. He is putting the one person this entire season. He has said, Chase can't go out into the field. Nothing because Kim needs to be saved. You're working at CTU because you need to be saved. So he is now basically 
Well, he's going to be a fugitive on the run. Made it. So when the paper trail leads back to somebody, it's leading back to his daughter. So who's going yep. to prison if this plan works? Kim Bauer. Kim is, yeah, you're right. Kim is in trouble here. Um, she's compliant in abetting a fugitive, basically. So, you know, good job, Jack, getting your daughter. I mean, but Kim's used to being in jail. Her friend went to Stanford or whatever the hell that thing was. So, like, bring it on. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kim's ready for it. She knows, she, she stood up to me, uh, not Megan, what was her name? Um, Melanie. She stood up to Melanie. Uh, in prison. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> I was confirming that's her name. <laughs> that's Ben Fack. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, Ben, don't bring it into this show. Um, but the other phone call, which sets it up, uh, the Jack stuff, because Jack's basically just in a car for most of this episode. But, like, you, you talk about the tension raising it, going back to sort of what they did last season. Again, this is similar to, like, the, the Chase storyline here, where Chase is just like, hey, guess what? I randomly need to go uh, interrogate Ramon. Jack all of a sudden is like, <laughs> Out of nowhere, is this line secure? Like, I feel like you need a build up here. You need Jack talking to what's the face, the blonde, um, the the medical lady that you Nicole. like. Like, yeah, do something to because this again comes out of nowhere. So I, I love Jack, and she's Talk- in this episode for what reason? She got paid by the Actors Guild of America to, for an appearance <laughs> fee. I I don't know. She was contracted, um, but I love like the fact here that Jack Jack's just got a direct line to the president because I should have mentioned the president. Uh, there is a bit more of the Palmer we missed where Palmer has like a board meeting basically saying like, we need to work out evacuation procedures and quarantine and all that. Cause that's where your doctor lady's in the thing. Th- is this meant to be the cabinet of the United States? These just look like John and Sandra have just like rocked up from their <laughs> local JC pennies. And are just all of a sudden like, Hey, Oh, presidential meeting. Like it does not look official at all. And the Palmer's like, I need you to get on the phone and prepare. Cause we're about to put this country down a path that it may not recover from. It's like, this is a big fucking decision. And you've just got like the, the, I don't know, the maid in the, the, yeah. the floor cleaner. And then, but who can interrupt this national security meeting? Jack Bauer, direct line to the president. <laughs> Jack's powerful. But I, I, love but like- I like though that, that David's reaction, it was like, what is it, Jack? It's not like, Jack, good to hear from you, you know? Uh, oh, Jack, so how's the wife? Oh, shit, awkward. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> I, that's the last time I ever take a meeting with the board of JC Penney's. I'm, I'm yeah. telling you, Jack. <laughs> but like, the, just the, Jack, basically, this episode is a guy who doesn't get his way. Oh, and then he just finds another way to manipulate people into things. But because like, this is where, again, you got contradictory Derek Zoolander Palmer. First phone call. Hey, you going, Mr. President? Good, Jack. How are the kids? Uh, you know, getting kidnapped. So um, this whole Ramon thing, uh, kind of the country's going to die. We've got to release him. No, Jack. Why, Mr. President? I don't negotiate with presidents. Ah, damn it. All right. Don't negotiate with presidents. Yeah. Well, that should be his comeback. Well, I don't negotiate with presidents. So we've got to stand off here, Mr. President. What are we going to do? Um, That's Jack's comeback. It's like, I don't negotiate with terrorists. Well, I don't negotiate with presidents. That Actually, in all seriousness, how badass would that be? Like, like don't you don't need this extra call where Jack's going to, like, come up with the same thing but different. Like, I want Jack to be like, well, I don't negotiate with presidents. What does that mean, Jack? I'm going rogue, sir. <laughs> like, that would be kind of badass. But so President Palmer just all like, no. And Jack's like, oh, okay. Ten minutes later, uh, Mr. President. Y- yes, Jack. Is this line secure? Yes. What I'm about to tell you must remain between you and I. So, you know that plan that I told you before? Yes, we said no to it, Jack. But this is different, right? So, you know how you said that you can't release Salazar? Well, what if I release Salazar with your permission? It's kind of the same, Jack. No, it's not. I heard yes, Mike. (laughs) See here, and there's a big problem with this too, because 
this is supposed to make it like what David's point is, if I give into their demands, every terrorist is going to try to negotiate with us. We're going to open ourselves up to terrorism. Now, by Jack breaking him out, the only way that this works in David's favor is if they somehow leak it to the press. Sorry, we lost Ramon Salazar. Like, like it's still, it's yeah, it's getting out. And instead, you're just going to have terrorists. Well, apparently they can't even, I don't even fear American prisons. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, okay. Again, I feel bad bringing this up in the country that I'm in right now. But like, think about the war in Iraq. It's like, they've definitely got weapons of mass destruction. No, they don't. We have found no evidence. But there was that <laughs> building that had like a bit of a trace of something that was where they could have made them send the troops. Like, so like, like this is like one of the big plot holes in this episode. And again, like, I feel like I'm complaining. Well, I am complaining, but like, it's so badass that Jack literally is going to be like, well, fuck you, Mr. President. I'm going to start a prison yeah. riot. One man and break. Like, this is why I love this episode. Cause this is so Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer is going to start a prison riot to break out a prisoner to save America. Like, come on. Like, just start <laughs> playing the national anthem right now. A bald eagle is going to fly in with a hot dog while playing baseball. Like, fuck yeah. But, like, the logistics of this, I do not negotiate with terrorists. Fine. But then you're still giving the okay to release him, doing it slightly differently. Oh, and, the, like, this is where Palmer just, like, bends over backwards for everyone, like, he talks him into things. <laughs> And at the same time, he's like a hypocrite because, like, you don't negotiate with terrorists, but Jack Bauer's okay. Jack Bauer technically a terrorist maybe right about now, so I don't yeah. know. But, like, the biggest plot hole to me in this entire episode is when you've got, the you know, the, the tapes, like, release Ramon Salazar or we will release the virus. Should there not be people with a brain to go, okay, Kyle has got the virus, but we have lost him. So mm-hmm. how can they release the virus when they don't have the virus? Yeah. So this is where everybody in CTU and the president, instead of being all like, we've got no choice, we've only got two hours, we have to... No, you need to find Kyle and, like, they've got nothing, mm-hmm. they've got no leverage. They can't threaten America when the virus <laughs> is with someone else. Like, it's like, that's like me calling well. up Mr. Biden right now, I'm going like... Mr. I should, probably shouldn't say this. The FBI are probably listening, but whatever. If I get arrested in like five minutes, you know why. If I'm like, Mr. Biden, I've got a nuke. I'm going to blow up New York. All right? Uh, you don't have the nuke. That nuke that you had is over there. No, but I've still got one. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> yes, I do. You really don't, Ben. But we're going to like shut down the country but I, anyway. But, but I know somebody who has one. I, I saw an episode of 24 today. So yeah. <laughs> the, the number one thing there I think should be, first of all, Joe Biden would say, how did you get this number? And I'd be like, I actually don't know. <laughs> I, I don't the, know. <laughs> I pressed some numbers on my phone and you picked up. What are the odds? I was actually trying to call Tom Cruise. Um, I wanted to talk to him about that gay nightmare on Elm Street to see if he knew anything about it. <laughs> But, like, it's this plot hole after plot hole after plot hole. But who cares? Because Jack's going rogue to break a guy out of prison. Anything to add before we talk about the best stuff of this episode? Yeah, I'm going to add to the plot hole. Um, So we had Jack basically saying, no, I got to get there now. Like, we can't wait for anybody else. Sawing down the singer's door with a chainsaw. (laughs) They're ambushing a kid in the mall. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the links they went to to find, find Kyle Singer. And Kyle Singer's on the loose. So when Jack's first on the phone with David and he's basically telling him, this is our dilemma. They're going to release the virus. You know, if, if we don't uh, turn over Salazar 
okay, Jack, do you think it's possible to, uh, to, you know, stop this? Uh, and Jack's sitting there signing the paperwork of some, I don't know, pure later courier guy <laughs> in the, the garage, not in the timeline we've been given, sir. Now, excuse me, Jack, if you weren't signing paperwork 10 minutes later in the garage in the mall, and maybe you went off on foot after Kyle Singer, why are they forgetting Kyle Singer? That is the virus. They know that's the virus. And he's sitting there saying, I'm sorry, Mr. President, there's no other option. In the amount of time, in the two hours they've given us, we have no options. If you were doing your job and finding Kyle Singer, you would have an option. It is a great point because like I've never seen Jack Bauer give up. Like last season with the chip, like it's all of a sudden like they did. How many times did he do things? Just to, That was the one goal. The one goal yeah. here is to find Kyle. Because again, yeah. let's be realistic here. If this was like real LA and they were like, okay, so the prison's like an hour away. And then by the time I, you know, get my plan in play, that's another hour. And then by the time he's like, yes, we're free. We've got remote free. <laughs> oh shit. The virus is out. Look at all these people dying. Like you should have gone <laughs> after Kyle. But you're absolutely right. Because like, seriously, like Jack Bauer of old would be cordoning off the streets. And they let him go. You've got a problem yeah. there. Jack's like, oh, well, we lost the virus. Oh, finally I get to go remote. He's got some heroin for me. And he's so casual at the beginning of this episode too. Like, that's what I'm going to say. I love Jack at the end of this episode, but like, it doesn't, it doesn't match up with the first half of this episode where he's signing paperwork and killing time in the garage and calling Michelle, Michelle, are you sure you're okay? Like, no, he would be on foot chasing Kyle Singer down right now. You know, you know, like this reminds me of like, to me, if we ever were to get John Kazar back on the show, uh, or anybody to, like talk about the logistics of this. This is like that famous commentary for Armageddon when Ben Affleck was like, you know, I asked Michael Bay, why don't they just uh, train up some <laughs> astronauts uh, to dig rather than sending diggers up to astronauts? And he's just like, just shut the fuck up and act in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what I think that this should be. It's kind of like, well, uh, John, like we've actually, this is a massive plot hole. Jack should be going after Kyle here. And I was like, just shut the fuck up. Jack's going to start a prison break. Fair enough. All right, I'm on board. <laughs> It's like, Ben, what would you rather? Jack chasing down a weedy little blonde-haired kid who you hate or Jack going to prison to incite a riot to break out? <laughs> no, I'm on board. I'm with you. Uh, I'm completely team prison riot. Yep, thank you very much. So I'm going to call this right now. We're going to shut up and stop complaining about this because we're getting Jack to start a prison riot. <laughs> Jack shows up to the prison. It's all like, hey, warden, just here to transfer that guy out. What, the guy that you've... Yeah, no, it's fine. Look, paperwork <laughs> cleared. Oh, but this form, the D-72 hasn't been signed. Ah, oh, doll, somebody in my office fucked up again. Oh, those <laughs> scallywags. How about you let me go and we'll just call this a day and I'll I, buy you a beer I later bet on. You, I bet you it was that Kim Bauer again. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, she sucks, right? Uh, I'm not a father. Don't listen to me when I call her on the phone. It's definitely not a father. Um, also, before Jack arrives, we've got Chase showing up. Chase and Jack have a phone call because we get a damn it from, uh, you know, it's like, Jack, I'm going to interrogate Ramon. No, Chase, bad. No, I'm not listening to you anymore. Just because, you, you know, you don't want me to fuck your daughter. I'm doing this. Listen to me. I'm your boss. Beep, beep, damn it. Uh, <laughs> plot's got a plot. Um, but I love the moment when Jack shows up with Chase and they have a little bro moment. It's kind of all like, are we okay, Jack? Yes, we are. Puts his hand in his, aw, Jack, <laughs> rubbing his little head. Um, Your little scallywag. Because so, <laughs> Chase has been bashing up Hector for a while, Ramon, different sellers are. Um, and then Jack turns on Chase. Poor old, gives him the sleeper hold. Not a very good sleeper hold. He's awake within like three minutes. Come on, Jack, you're off the game this episode. <laughs> 
Um, I mean, uh, Tony, Tony had three surgeries done within those three minutes. True. Exactly. Um, Kim got kidnapped 18 times as well. Um, but so Jack then takes uh, Ramon and this is just, this sells, sells this episode for me because it's so, I remember watching this live going like, holy fuck, they're not really going to do this. Are they just going to, like, how's Jack going to, this is, this is 24. You always get mm-hmm. in a situation where it's like, how is Jack going to do this? Or how is Jack yeah. going to get away with this? He always does. So it's like, how is Jack going to break a guy out of prison? And he does. So he, well, not yet. He's still in prison. But uh, I love this like casual conversation he has with the guard. Like, can I have my gun and my badge? Oh, how are the kids? <laughs> like, what does he say? Something about the weather? Does he like, oh, terrible weather we're having. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Bauer talks about the weather. Coming soon to Fox. Hi, I'm Jack Bauer. It's sunny today. Thanks for tuning in. Good night. <laughs> I'd watch the shit out of that show. Um, but the alarms go off. Jack takes out a guard and then they start running. I've got to give props to um, Joaquim Ademeda here. When he, like, There's a moment there when like he has that little smirk on his face when he sees like the guards opening all the doors. He's kind of like, wow, Jack, you're really doing this. <laughs> um, so And then Chase, I love like, whatever Jack Bauer told you, it's a lie. And it's tense. Like, it's like, holy fuck. Like, Jack's stuck in a prison. All the prisons are out bashing the guards. And mm-hmm. Jack's breaking a guy out, even though we should be chasing a blonde-haired kid. But we won't get into that. It's a, just ignore <laughs> that, Ben. That didn't happen. It's like we're in Germany, well, right? Whatever happened before 1945 didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry. They, they identify in this episode that they have a dozen IT people looking for Kyle Singer. <laughs> Kim Bauer finds Kyle next week. Can I just point out Kim finds Kyle, all right? At least one Bauer's doing their job. Um, so anyway, uh, tension filled episode, like this episode ends brilliantly. Like, I love this. I, I don't want to say this is a top five moment, but again, I feel like we should be completing just the list of awesome things Jack does. And one of them starting a prison riot to break a guy out of jail. I mean, that just it, like, literally, if you had to said to me last week without ever seeing this episode, Ben next week's episode, Jack Bauer <laughs> breaks out of prisoner and starts a prison ride. I don't give a fuck if I got 41 minutes of Terry having amnesia while riding a cougar while Kyle was there. I'm um, just yeah, being Kyle. That. I I would watch that with Terry running while they're on this cougar. <laughs> She's got amnesia, so she wouldn't know. Seriously, <laughs> why am I on this cougar? <laughs> like, this must be how people make it around Los Angeles these days. <laughs> Everyone's just staring at this woman. Why is that woman on a cougar? Hello, Los Angeles. Oh, Stops hello, at a red light. Woman. is like, excuse me, if I stay on this road, can I get to CTU? <laughs> You're the Oz Network's Leslie Hope. Uh, <laughs> what's the Oz Network? Why am I on this cougar? <laughs> I just want, I want a T-shirt of Leslie Let's Hope on a cougar. <laughs> That's my new podcast project I'm starting this summer. Leslie with, Hope with on a, a f- cougar. A thought bubble coming in her head and just a big question mark. <laughs> I am so making a picture of Leslie Hope. <laughs> I will put it on the t-shirt store. We'll, we'll, I mean, we know she's not going to sue us, right? <laughs> She'd love it. Oh, she would embrace She would wear it. Let's get one and send it to her and get oh, a absolutely. of Leslie Hope on a cougar. I bet you we could call her right now and she'd come on the air and be like, do it, guys. With like a question mark above her head. Like, why yeah. am I on this <laughs> There's like that, that picture that went viral. It was like a velociraptor on a great white shark shooting Uzis. 
and they were basically <laughs> like, it was like something saying like people will believe anything on the internet, and they basically photoshopped it in a way that it was like a historical photo and people apparently believed it so like i just want <laughs> leslie hope on a cougar picture i'm like oh the, the great purge of los angeles in 2003 where confused <laughs> canadian women rose on mountain-based animals <laughs> oh my god leslie hope on a cougar uh, i wish to be named our episodes <laughs> The point is, I would watch the shit out of that if all you had told me, like, I could sit through that if all you had told me, Jack Bauer starts a prison, right? There you go. Leslie Hope on a cougar.com. <laughs> we know what would end this prison riot is Leslie Hope coming in on a cougar with a sword or something. <laughs> like, da, 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 da. why am I here with this sword in a prison? <laughs> You're here to save the day, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you died oh. last season. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, did I? Did I die? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's the prison riot. It's it's a big surprise. Uh, you don't see it coming. Again, I'm just kind of jaded because I mean, I'll say it now. When we get to um, when we get to Russian roulette, I'm not a fan of the prison storyline. <laughs> oh, really? That's where it, yeah, that's to me. That is like 24 is jumping the shark or oh, nuking the fridge or whatever disagree. it is. Like, I, I I despise the Russian roulette. Like, yeah, I love the Russian roulette now. stuff. But uh, but but yeah, like the, the the inciting a prison riot. I mean, it is it. I would say it's the most Jack Bauer thing ever. But I mean, at the time, you're like, well, this is going too far even for Jack Bauer, and that's kind of what makes it so great. Uh, but I don't know. I'm not, if I wasn't paying it close enough attention, if this is a plot or whatever, the cameras. Okay, so Chase goes in there to interrogate. Did Chase ask them to turn off the cameras? I think he does because he says to the warden something about it. He he does mention like turn off the cameras. Yeah. Uh, now, second problem with that is um, when the cameras come back on after Jack has you know beaten up Chase, locked him up, whatever, broken Roman Salazar. They're like, wait a second, that camera's been turned. It's not supposed <laughs> to be there. Like that is what you're worried about. The camera's yeah. out of position. Like uh, you turned off the cameras. You know something's going down there. I mean. They're just not taking for granted. It's just the, also kind the, of your fault how, that you've got shit cameras that are movable. Why do you need movable cameras? Well, I mean, forget about the fact that you you willingly turned off the cameras. You knew something was going down that was going to be bad, and now you're like, they turned the cameras. They can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Those cameras are expensive. Somebody's what paying like for a, that. What if like a heavy fly landed on it or something like that, or like a, a bat? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's all yeah. bats, the great bat problem of LA prisons in 19, uh, 2003, 2004. Like it happened. Everyone knew that. Yeah, bats and cougars. Leslie Hope yeah. riding a bat. <laughs> you know why? Because he's Batman. <laughs> Leslie Hope would be a good Batman, by the way. Let's let's make it happen. Better than George Clooney. I mean, definitely, definitely way better than George Clooney. Um, maybe up there with Adam West, um, uh, Robert Pattinson. Oh, imagine her in the Robert Pattinson role. Imagine her with Robert Pattinson. I'd watch that. Ooh. <laughs> that's a very I mean, attractive Wendy couple. Wendy Cruz has probably been there, right? Oh, and Randy Cruz. Well, that's a threesome everyone wants to see. Whew. Putting Kiefer as well. Tim Allen in, oh. Harrison Ford. Tom Cruise would Janet. be there, though. <laughs> oh, Janet. Uh, uh, but, but I mean, yeah, I do I do love the the start of the prison riot. Like, just <laughs> And you always have that when the prisoners are like, is this happening right now? Am I dreaming? <laughs> and then, I love how they're... Why, why? Okay. Not that I've been to jail. Not that I ever want to go to jail, but based on some of the things I say on this show, it might happen. Like, <laughs> You're going there. <laughs> I mean, is the prisoner's first reaction of, hey, there's a guard, let's punch them. Like, 
I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know they're prisoners and you're bad because you're in jail. But of course, if you're listening to this podcast and you're in jail, I know you were innocent. Um, so like, it, it, let us know if you're listening to the show from jail. Um, just, I won't give you our address. Um, just email Noah Groves at gmail.com and let him know. Uh, and and, and if you're willing to wear a Leslie Hope rides a cougar t-shirt, we will give you the special prison discount. I know a lawyer. Um, he might get you out. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Our, our number one Patreon over on 007 is a lawyer, so <laughs> makes sense. Um, but actually, shit, I just realised he's a lawyer. We need to be careful what we say moving forward. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shit. Um, he's paying for it too. Well, so he should be. He's rich. He's a lawyer. But anyway, um, the point is... <laughs> you should be paying us more. You better buy that we, T-shirt, David. <laughs> well, he's paying the highest. Well, there's a reason why he's paying the highest here. Yet our uh, Patreon on this channel. Um, <laughs> I don't know what we were talking about. Leslie Hope on a cougar. Um, yeah. <laughs> Judy Dench slapping people. Leslie Hope on a cougar. <laughs> I like the mullet. Did you see the trailer for Obi-Wan and his mullet? Looking good. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Amazing. Oh, that's, a, that's a man. I watched him on um, Jimmy Kimmel the other day, even though he wasn't being interviewed by Jimmy Kimmel. Um, and he was telling the story um, about uh, the, the last scene when he hands the baby to uh, Owen and Baru and how it was just he had friends on the set who were laughing at him, how terrible it was. Um, but <laughs> anyway, that's a story for another time. That's a story for another time. Not really. Yeah, You'll never we'll, find out why we'll, Moz has We'll never get to it now that you said that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what were we actually talking about? Oh, the prison riot. Uh, Leslie, Leslie Hope on a cougar. <laughs> fuck everything. Leslie Hope on a cougar. <laughs> She'll wash up on a beach somewhere. Uh, <laughs> um, I have no trivia or anything else to add on this episode. Uh, there's nothing in the book. The book's just talking uh, Joaquin Delmeida and basically everything it says we interviewed him about. So listen to our great interview with him, now available no, on the Oz Network. The book, the book took our material? Yeah, because it was released in like 2005. So we probably took their material, but just don't tell anyone, especially <laughs> lawyers who listen to other shows. We do not steal anything. Um, I actually found, just speaking of things, I found uh, the Survivor Oz hate thread on Survivor Sucks and the Ben Waterworth hate thread as well. I finally found it. So that was a blast from the past. Um, great movie, blast from the past. Listen to our recap here on the Oz Network. All the segues, Ben, doing well. Um, do you have anything else to add before we rate, rank, and do all the admin? No, I mean, great ending to the episode. Uh, average beginning, average middle. Um, I'm, I think Tony got shot in the neck in this episode. I mean, Tony that, shot in the neck. I'll never forget that. <laughs> you know who wouldn't have got shot in the neck? Leslie Hope on a cougar. <laughs> the cougar would get shot before Leslie Hope. <laughs> oh, Leslie Hope would get shot. Ow, oh, what was that? Did I get shot? <laughs> Why am I on I this just, I just want to be like, like video games where it's like you can't actually die. Leslie Hope's cougar gets shot. Another cougar just runs up right beside her and she hops yeah. on. It. <laughs> endless stream of cougars basically going on. <laughs> um, and stay stay tuned for our sequel series, Janet on a Panther. Uh, <laughs> The Battle of the Death. Leslie Hope on a Cougar versus <laughs> Janet on a Panther. Oh, we're forming our own, like, uh, we got Chase on the case. We got uh, Janet on a Panther. Leslie Hope on a Cougar. Jack on a Razorback. Uh, <laughs> Jack, Jack on a, on a, oh, God, there's so many things that rhyme with Jack, Ben. Um, <laughs> where am I going with this? Jack on a Humpback. There we go. Jack on a Humpback. <laughs> Jack would ride the shit out of a humpback, let's be honest. Um, what are you doing with this episode, Colin? 
it's really no better than a rent, uh, despite having a good last 10 minutes here. Um, I, I rent's all I can muster. Out of this one. I'm sorry. I'm buying it. It's a very low buy, but I'm like, <laughs> just the ending. Like, I just love Jack going off crazy on a right. Like, it just, again, it's the classic Jack. And I just, I think that, yeah, the rest of the stuff is meh, but it's not like season two meh or like like yeah we've pointed out plot holes but like yeah legitimately i think we've summed it up by saying like you can literally forget about the plot holes if john kazar said to me ben shut the fuck up and enjoy jack breaking out <laughs> like this is literally one of those batshit crazy ones well like, i've never watched walker texas ranger but i'm sure literally every episode is like what the fuck it's like who cares chuck norris <laughs> is doing this okay i'm on board like seriously this is what this episode is like fuck up shut up nothing else happens in this episode except jack in a prison right okay fine <laughs> So it's it's a low buy. This is it's going to overtake last week's episode as the lowest buy for me. So this um, is ranked officially at twenty seventh. So the lowest buy. But it just again, if the stuff at the end wasn't so awesome, I would rent this easily. But it's just so like just Jack break like Jack attacks Chase. Like this is a guy who literally <laughs> had a bro moment with him. Ten seconds later, he punches him and chokes him out. Like come on, like locks I mean, him in a prison cell. <laughs> Exactly. Like that's all I need. Like just Jack Badass Jack. This is why I love this show. It's just it's the Jack Bauer power hour and he's just breaking people out of prison. So and he's on heroin. This guy's and what makes it even more awesome, he's in heroin with withdrawal. Like I mean he's <laughs> yeah, exactly. worse. Like, come on. Um and also, by the way, just one quick thing, Tony got shot in the neck. In case yeah, you didn't know. You think? <laughs> Apparently. Um, yeah, I haven't watched next week's yet, but, uh, I, I remember it is the Russian roulette episode, which, oh, I'm going to have fun talking to you about that. I love the Russian roulette stuff. That's epic. Um, it, and like him finds Kyle. That's about it. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, she's the, the best of the dozen it people tasked with finding the one carrying the virus, uh, or, or not carrying the virus <laughs> decoy. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, again, it's something that could change because I, I, I was never a fan of season three after it aired or I was a fan of certain things about it. And I sort of started to come around even just before we started covering this season, come around a little bit more watching this. I will say though, Russian roulette might've been for me along with like the baby, one of like the, the worst moments of the season. So it, it may be a tough sell, but I mean, stranger things have happened. I mean, I, I never would have thought I would like anything with season three again. So um, maybe I will walk away from this having my number one overall episode. You never know. You, you never thought you'd last 10 years with me. So um, yeah. And if Leslie hope rides a cougar to break up the Russian roulette, then it is instantly number one. <laughs> Why am I in this room? Why am I on a cougar? Why are they playing Russian roulette? What's going on right now? <laughs> Uh, so that's happening uh, next week. Tune in for that. Um, Breaking Bad still happening. Loss obviously is on another hiatus. Thanks, Noah. Um, <laughs> and at the time of releasing this, so we're recording this obviously a few weeks ahead. But I do, I do believe the time of recording this, uh, we will have some coverage of Obi One. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's about now when this is being released, and that means too that um, I think Top Gun will be out about the time this is released. People listening to this going like, yeah, same day. just did the episode yesterday." Um, yeah, same day. Jesus Christ, Colin's gonna blow up that day. Oh. <laughs> Tom Cruise <laughs> and Aiden Christensen and Ewan McGregor in one day. <laughs> Don't tell me that's the day the Leafs make the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> Jesus, oh, Joel, Joel Edgerton too. Um, yeah, the Leafs. Uh, yeah. What else happens on Fridays? No work by the end of the day? It's going to be the greatest day ever. 
Um, and also coming soon, uh, Jurassic World, uh, obviously Dominion is just about here. So again, could have already been released at the time of this being released, but uh, we, we're having our, we're doing a Fallen Kingdom recap. And then Colin is putting together best a of. best of our Jurassic Park coverage, uh, which I'm looking forward to hearing Enrique, Enrique, show some respect. Um, one of our most underrated episodes of all time, The Lost World Recap. Um, just like the movie itself, very underrated, needs more love. Um, do all the stuff that we tell you to do at the end. Listen to our other shows, because they're good as well, except for Euros Vision. No, that's a good show, actually. We had fun with that this year. Um, don't listen to the qualifying on that, that shit. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. My name is lesliehopeonacougar.com. And my name is Colin, your father. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>